Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. On today's show, we're talking about the importance of hiring the very best engineers for your real estate development projects. But what actually defines a good engineer? Engineer is not just about technical know-how. Engineering designs are multidimensional. When you fix one variable, you often break another. When problems arise in engineering, it's almost always the result of an incorrect scope or an incorrect assumption or understanding of the design requirements. When we hire engineers, the results are often mixed, and there have been some painful lessons along the way. In all cases, we hired competent engineers. They understood the specifications and the requirements from the city. At least we thought they did. So how do you evaluate an engineer? It's a little like evaluating a pilot. If the pilot still has their license, there's almost nothing to distinguish one pilot from another. Virtually any pilot who is active has not crashed. One pilot won't get you there any faster than the other. The aircrafts pretty much fly at the same speed. And so, too, in the world of civil engineering. Or at least that's how it appears from a distance. We've experienced some engineers who would get stuck waiting for a single answer to a question, and they would not even start the design until they had all the information. We had other engineers who would design the entire project without having done a thorough analysis of the constraints, and then they would be forced to redesign because something fundamental was overlooked. We had cases when the design did not meet the minimum lot size requirements. In another case, the road allowance was the wrong minimum width. One engineer neglected the topography and failed to recognize that the sewer couldn't work because water and sewer will not flow uphill. In order to solve the problem, the engineer would need to either specify a large-scale mass grading or they would need to install a sewer lift station to pump the raw sewage uphill. These are multidimensional problems that require the full matrix of constraints to be designed simultaneously. And this is where hiring someone who has demonstrated experience having designed similar projects is critical. We often look at the public works records to see which engineers are behind successful development applications. Where things become truly complex is when there's multiple jurisdictions having the site plan control. The local drainage district might control the stormwater management. The state, the city, and the county might control the roads, all simultaneously depending on the road network. Now you're dealing with three different levels of government just for the transportation aspect. The city might control the water and the sewer. The electric utility manages the power and the easements. The telecom providers provide communications and fiber. The planning department negotiates the adherence with the rules. And if the stormwater affects a tributary to a named waterway, then the Army Corps of Engineers is in the mix. If there's a heritage component, they too have a voice at the table. If there's environmental or ecological concerns, then these too come into play. All of these conflicting constraints represent a multidimensional puzzle that needs to be solved all at once. The biggest risk is not that the design activity takes a few days longer than forecast, although that can happen. The biggest risk is that a critical item affecting the design is ignored or assumed to be a non-issue, and when that happens, the design will need to be redone. And it's the multiple iterations of the design that can explode the schedule by months. Sometimes, the design iterations are the result of incomplete or incorrect feedback from the regulatory body. That's often the case. A city official might provide you guidance on a technical element, and you base your design on that input. But if the city official is incorrect, you've just done a wrong design, and they will not compensate you if they make the mistake. When that information proves to be incorrect, 
you can face a complete redesign of the project. Sometimes it feels like there's no defense against this kind of error, but here too, an experienced engineer who's completed multiple similar projects with the city will often be able to catch these errors before they're embedded in the design. It turns out that the engineer is not the only linchpin. A planner with local, strong connections and a land-use attorney with strong political connections is also critical. If you're an outsider, you might not be able to get an audience with the head of the planning department or the mayor or a city official in a timely manner. The planner and the land-use attorney can use their relational capital to facilitate conversations that can save a developer months of going down dead-end paths. I can tell you from first-hand experience that each iteration of a design is what causes the majority of the delays. By the time you believe you've got a complete design, you send the completed application into the city officials for review, then they take weeks or sometimes even months to respond to the application and provide comments. You would expect the major feedback to be concentrated in the first round of feedback. But sadly, in our experience, we often see situations where the city officials provide highly impactful feedback even at a later stage in the negotiation of the development. Each of these iterations can cost you months of delay, and it's better to be sure you have the complete set of constraints fully understood at the outset. And that means checking and double-checking the requirements with the city officials and getting those items in writing. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.